Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change, the podcast that will discuss how to apply faith principles to real-life situations. This is Effective Heart Change. Well, it is good to be here with Effective Heart Change. Welcome, Dale. Well, let's change some hearts, huh? Here we go. Last time we talked about relationship, and the question is, what do you believe about relationship? And we really got into the whole idea of the grace of God, because most people, whether they admit it or not, they believe more in pain than they do any other thing. And so relationship is going to be painful. And because it's going to be painful, I'm going to pull back, I'm going to play games, I'm going to do all kinds of different things to try to minimize my pain. And one of the most powerful concepts in Christ is the idea of the grace of God that comes in to comfort our pain, and the grace of God will be great enough to help us overcome pain, so then I can do relationship from a completely different standpoint. Now, today I want to transition into, I call it relationship killers. There's a lot of different things, and this one actually is one of those things that I think could blow up and become an entire series, and we may do that later in the year or at some point, because there's, there's just so much here, it's rich. But today is going to be more of a summary look. But there are those things that because we respond to pain at such a high level, We develop all kinds of different techniques to avoid pain, and they end up being relationship killers. So we're trying to deal with our hurt, and and in the process, uh, we have these techniques that we depend on to bail us out. But uh, they seem to be things that, uh, uh, as you say, are killing relationships. you're, you're, in you protecting yourself, you're harming someone else. I very much believe in the whole concept of pay me now or pay me later. <laughs> and if you pay me later, think, think of the shark loans, uh-huh. you know, the payday loans. Uh-huh. Uh, pay me later is painful. I mean, the numbers multiply incredibly quickly. There's and a high price to pay. There is a high price to pay. And some of the things that we're going to talk about today are exactly that. It's like it extracts blood. I mean, it's it's not just short-term pain, little bit, little bit more pain. We're talking about a multiplication process that just, it gets uglier and uglier with every day that goes by. You get a truckload. You get a truckload. (laughs) Instead of just a little wastebasket full, you get, you get the whole deal. Good old payday loans, you know? I mean, uh, I borrow 100 and I pay 1000 I actually had an instance like that. A guy borrowed, I don't know, three $400, and we were into the thousands yeah. to pay that loan back. And it was just like, ah, you know, I mean, it, it, created, it, it created such poverty. It created such bondage. I I developed such a hatred for those loans at that point. It's like, no. I mean, every, every time I hear about it, it's just like, no, don't do that. That's one of those deals. If it sounds too good to be true, true, it probably is. Then you might be wise to avoid that kind of stuff. Let's jump in with one that has, I'm going to call it a, a biblical foundation that is one that really happens a lot, and it's really happening at a high level across our culture. 
The biblical foundation is the log and the speck principle, where when I look at you, even if there's just a tiny speck, I'm going to see through my log to your speck, and I'm going to project, that's the word that I'm using here, I'm going to project on you things that aren't necessarily even there. I'm going to tend to see from my stuff to your stuff in a way that just isn't real. And the word that I'm really keen in on here is the idea of projection, because you talk about crazy. It's all over in terms of media, in terms of uh, just the political speech and et cetera. The projection that is going on today is like off the charts everywhere all the time. So when you said spec, I thought, well, you're looking at me with strange spectacles. I have strange <laughs> spectacles. <laughs> well, yeah, evidently, because uh, what it, what you're supposed to be seeing is a speck, but you see a log. So you, you probably need to have those specks checked. If I have a log in my eye, I'm trying to see around that log, but I'm talking much more specific here. I'm talking about the whole idea. I talk about this a lot of times. You see from inside of where you are experientially. You see from where the inside of wherever you are spiritually. So now I have this situation where when I'm looking at you, I'm looking through the lens, and you know, I've talked about that. You've got this filter, you've got this lens, and we've talked about the good eye and the bad eye and all of this, these kinds of things. Well, I am projecting onto you. I'm assuming things about you that aren't really true, and I'm assuming them because that's how I think. And so I know that's the way you're thinking. It fits how you think, is what you're saying. Yeah. And we see this a whole lot. Again, I deal with the drug alcohol program. Invariably, people are sure someone else is using, or they're sure this is happening or that's happening. And it's kind of like, well, if it was you, yes, that would be true. You would be there. And it's so often, a lot of times when people are trying to help people, if, if they're coming along as fixers and they're trying to help somebody else, well, it worked for me. And so they, they try to take this, it worked for me, and they try to project it onto other people. And the thing about projection is it devalues that other person. We all want to be seen as unique. We all want to have this sense of being special, of of being who we are, and projection literally steals the identity of the other person. Isn't it interesting that we try so hard to be unique? We were made that way. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that just baffles me, because uh, we try so hard to project images of who we are, and we project onto the other people uh, when you mentioned about people that have a habit being able to see it, uh, they're they're talking to themselves as much as. But the unique thing just kills me because we we try so hard to be so different, and and God made us that way. So what what do we need to make that effort for? If we would just relax be ourselves. If we would, and here's the part of projection, allow others to be who they are. Take the time, ask the questions, really walk through this thing at a much different level where we actually start to see other people for who they are and interact with them in real time. 
I mean, this is all huge. And it's so important because it passes a sense of value to the other person. Well, if you want to be able to do quality relationship, you want that value thing going back and forth between you and the other person. If you're stealing value from the other person, we're not going to get very far in relationship. And and that's what projection, the log and the spec principle actually does. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll talk a little bit about projection. Uh, answer a few of these questions of value, and then we will continue. We're doing a few programs here, especially on relationship and talking about the value of relationship and pulling in. One thing I want to highlight again, uh, we are going to be going into a series called Let It Go. And that series to me is is going to be incredibly significant because how many people struggle with woundedness? How many people struggle with uh, just being able to get along, forgive? How many people struggle with grief areas? How many people struggle with judgment areas? And we're going to be dealing with some of those major issues And one of the things that I'm asking our listeners to do is to go ahead and get to the YouTube channel, Live Free Ministries YouTube channel. And if you have trouble, just Google my name, David Case, and go ahead and get subscribed. We're hoping to get the number of subscribers up because I really feel like this material that we're putting out can be really helpful to a lot of different people. So we're kind of doing a little bit of an interlude, a a short series here. Uh, encouraging people to sign up with us, join with us uh, as a part of this effort. Hopefully, we can work together as a team in the whole thing and see lives touched. And I believe if you, you join us, you'll find a lot of information uh, and ideas that are beneficial to you and, and uh, bring along people that you know. We're going to be talking relationships. This will enhance the relationships you already have, and I believe that uh, in the process, you'll get better at making new relationships. And as we mentioned yesterday, uh, there's that's so much of what our purpose is for for living, for being here, being alive, is to to be associating with God on a on an absolutely daily basis, and learn to give to others that are around us. So We're talking about relationship killers, and I'm actually going to refer to two different ones here. You have shotgunning and kitchen sinking, and not sure how the segment will go, whether we'll get to both of them, and people are like, shotgunning, what are you talking about? A lot of times people want to leverage relationships. In other words, they want to be the influencer. They want to be in control. So a shotgun technique is I'm, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to fire things at you in a spray pattern to try to see, ah, what works with this person? And so it actually ends up being a leverage technique, and it might be that insults work with you. It might be that excessive praise and flattery works with you. It, it might be that, oh, I found this one particular spot that's especially sensitive, and wow, when I work with that one, 
it, it creates a response or, oh, I better stay away from that one. Again, depends on what you're doing. But shotgunning is usually used as a leverage technique, and I'm going to kind of spray a whole lot of different things. And a lot of times it is in the critical negative side where I'm, I'm, I'm just going to send a barrage of things at you so that you, you literally have no chance to answer. You've just had all of this stuff, and I've turned you into a nothing and a no one. And a lot of times people use these kind of shotgunning techniques, especially when they're angry. It's interesting that the picture you paint with that, because uh, there there are folks that that will run on and on, and uh, that's probably what they're doing is shotgunning. But they run on and on and never allow any conversation to come from the other side, and and I find that particularly uh, irritating. It doesn't matter what they talk about. That's the way it seemed to me, but. But it's probably what they're doing is, is the shotgunning, and I didn't recognize it as anything other than they didn't want you to get a chance to get into the conversation. And I don't know that I would group that in this category, but it does fit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a control technique. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a, I'm going to control the conversation. A lot of times, it's, it actually kind of fits both sides. Yeah. I'm, I'm incredibly insecure, and because I'm incredibly insecure, I'm going to control the conversation, so I'm not going to let you get a word in edgewise. There are people who are on the other side of that, which is the pride side, you know, pride control side, which is, you know, I just have no value for you at all, so I'm going to control the conversation because I just, I don't even want to hear you. I, you know, I really don't care about you. So that, that domination of uh, the conversation actually can kind of come from different motivations. It's an interesting one. So how's kitchen sinking different? Kitchen sinking is a little bit different. That one especially deals with wounds. So with the kitchen sinking, I'm, I'm continually, I'm one of these people that keeps track. I, I have this wound that happened. I have, oh, this thing that you owe me. I have this favor that I did you. You know, I mean, it's, and I, I accumulate those like dirty dishes in a kitchen sink, and I accumulate this sink full, and I wait for the very right time. And when the right time comes out, oh, those dirty dishes start flying. And, and again, it's a control technique. I'm, I'm using the wounds. And you know what? I think rather than, than do that, I, I really want to expand on that a little bit more. We, we got off on some other topics in, in the course of that. I want to expand on that a little bit more. Why kitchen sinking is so incredibly dangerous and damaging. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the shotgunning, the verbal control, those, those kinds of things. And then let's, let's do a specific se segment on the kitchen sinking. Let's take a break and we'll be back. back talking about relationship. Uh, what do you believe about relationship? We talked about last time, and this time we're talking especially about relationship killers. And I decided I really want to expand on this kitchen sinking that we started in the last segment, because what happens is you and I need to have a current relationship. We need to have a today relationship. We need to have a right now relationship. 
and the way things work spiritually. We've talked about this a lot. You have spiritual file drawers. So if I have this spiritual file drawer called resentment and I kitchen sink resentments, and that's kind of what we do and how it happens, it's like I've got resentments from five years ago, four years ago, three years ago. I then, once I bring up one of those, I'm seeing from inside of that resentment. I'm thinking from inside of that. And you're over here on a defensive end hoping to have a relationship with me. Good luck with that because at this point, there's no relationship. I'm seeing, thinking, feeling from inside of that resentment. There's literally no possibility of me having a quality relationship with you. And I think I'm justified. So I'm throwing those dirty dishes at you when the reality is I'm the one who has accumulated that over a period of time, shuts down my ability to connect with God, shuts down my ability to receive the grace of God, and it shuts down my ability to be a life giver to you. But I'm angry at you, and it's all your fault because of all these things you've done to me. I had a friend of mine that's in my Sunday school class, and, and uh, he works in the public eye for it doesn't matter but uh he he's had a supervisor that is really tough on him uh and this guy's a hard worker he's he's not a, a problem causer uh but he got to a point where the guy was being so ugly with him that that he started to fire back and and that only exacerbated the problem it it just made it worse and and uh, he was talking about how he had said something to this guy, and and I and he repeated it, and and he thought it was effective because he called him out on putting him down, and, and I made the observation that he had an angry approach. What he said uh, was uh, uh, in the guy's face. Instead of asking a question, he was asking a good question. Why? Can you tell me why that that uh, you were treating me this way? And and uh, but the way he delivered it was angry, and so it only caused more problems. When I pointed that out to him, he took that and he went and the next time he had a conversation, made an approach that was not in your face. And he actually got a response. So uh, that that what how we re, if we get a chance to receive, and how we receive it is a, is a, a deterrent uh, for the person if 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 we know how to put it. Relationships should be about connecting, cooperating, adding value, finding your uniqueness, loving on that, receiving it for myself, all of these kinds of things. But too often, it turns into a form of leverage. So I'm trying to leverage my relationship with you, and especially back to kitchen sinking. I've built up these wounds. Well, my primary goal then ends up being, how do I interact with you without woundedness? So I'm going to go into control. And in the example that you just gave, well, how do I stop being beat up on? Well, I get angry, and he's going to respond to my anger, and he's going to back off. Well, you know what? In some cases, some people might back off when you get angry at them. So functionally, I just solved my communication problem. Well, 
functionally you slowed down the insults or you slowed down the control or you did whatever. But or you've reinforced a bad habit. Or whatever. Uh, but, <laughs> but functionally, you have just made your communication dysfunctional. It's not going to work. And that's the point that I really want to make about kitchen sinking. If you have been accumulating those kinds of things, you need to repent first before you ever bring anything to the other person. I love the message of the Sermon on the Mount, which is basically take care of your own heart first, because messages do not come out as simply words. They come out as heart expressions. So when I've been doing kitchen sinking, there is no way that I can have a good heart expression to you. I think I'm superior. I think I'm in a better place because you have wounded me, so you owe me. Well, listen to all of the messages that are going to be coming out in that kind of a, a frame, and I can't do effective communication there. And the only way to get to effective communication to me is go, I go back to repentance. I go back to understand that the grace of God is enough to heal my pain, to help me through my wounds. I allow God to deal with some of that first. Then I come to you. Then I begin to talk to you. Now we have a chance at real communication. And that's what we're looking for. I mean, that, uh, that's the hope uh, of, of an interchange with, with anybody. If, if you are to have any kind of relationship, you both have to be on board and value each other. And what I believe, and I hope most of our listeners believe, is that the quality of your life will largely be determined by the quality of your relationships. If I believe that, it's worth it to repent. It's worth it to get your heart right. It's worth it to fight through these pain areas, to shut down these relationship killers, because I believe that the fullness of my life is going to consist largely of the quality of the relationships that I develop. Let's, uh, again, review where we've been, and then we'll continue. Well, we are going to jump to the other end of the spectrum here. We're talking about relationship killers. And well, we've, we've shot a f shotgun. We've done so shotgun, far. yeah. We've, we've cleaned up the kitchen sink. We've, we've taken care of the so kitchen sink. So where are we going now? And we also did projection. Projection, Which okay. is the log and the spec. Now, oh, yeah. now, we're going to, now we're going to go to the doormat. Okay. Still Believe having, it or not, they're still hanging around the same house. <laughs> we're there. <laughs> Believe it or not, the doormat is a relationship killer. And we don't think about that, but it creates a situation. If, if someone is acting as a doormat, if, if they're acting slavish, if they're, if they're really just, I mean, they have no value and their entire value is just to kind of totally be servant-like, and, and there's nothing wrong with being servant-like, but, but to the point to where I have no value, no opinion, I don't contribute anything, I'm just in that zone, what am I doing for you spiritually? What impact am I creating in you spiritually if that's going on? 
pretty negative. <laughs> uh, I, I, someone that, that uh, lives like that is not really appealing to be around. I mean, you're, it's, there's no, it's like no invitation. I'm glad that's true for you. That would indicate some healthiness, but there are people who feed on that. They, they want, I mean, your, your cult-type leaders feed on that. They want people who are more doormat, slavish, do-what-I-say type of a response, and it, it allows that thing to feed. And when they're able to attract people like that, then what does that do for that particular person spiritually? What, what's the outcome in that person spiritually? Well, if I'm understanding what you're saying, it just makes them go deeper in their, their estimation of their worth. I mean, it, it, it's a negative picture that somebody's painting, and, and we tend to, uh, we hear it long enough, then we, we believe it about ourselves. That they, uh, I'm, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling whatever it is. Uh, and we, if, if someone keeps giving you a steady diet of that, and you're you're attracting it, then you you're actually more magnetic to that kind of treatment from other people. This is my estimation. This segment is called relationship killers. That kills relationship, and outwardly. You can have a codependency situation where you have a person who is kind of that lording it over people, and you can have people who are incredibly codependent where they're going to cooperate with that lording over, but that's not a relationship. That's not a situation where two people are actually cooperating in any real sense of growing and becoming more alive and all of the kinds of things we're talking about in this program. It's actually where they're both becoming more sick and more broken over a period of time. More interdependent. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that I would call it interdependent. I, well, I think it is because if, if, you're, you're, if you're talking trash and I'm eating it up, uh, you depend on my ineptness. And, and, and you're right. It takes both of them to happen, but just... Again, this is a word use thing, so I'm, I'm going to quibble a little bit. When I hear the word interdependent, I think healthy. When I hear the word <laughs> codependent, I think unhealthy. So you use the word that I use for healthy. Uh, you use it in the right way. You use it with the right concept, but you use a word I try to reserve for healthy stuff. And I'm like, no, I, I don't want you to use that word because it's unhealthy. It is interdependent, but no, let's use the word codependent. Because that's, that's more of an unhealthy relationship between the two of us. Back to the, the big picture. It's interesting that I've, I've dealt with women, and in fact, in the class, and you were there and we talked about that, I, there happened to be a woman there where I talked about women who literally see taking abuse as a sacrifice for someone else. After they've taken a beating, they will feel more in love with the person than they did before. And we are created for feelings to follow. And because we're created for feelings to follow, if I see myself as sacrificing for someone else in that codependent role, and we see ourselves as sacrificing for someone else, we actually feel like we're growing in love when, as we've talked about through this entire segment, how can you call that love? 
If I'm causing the other person, my influence toward that other person is causing them to get sicker and sicker and sicker, how can I call that love? That's why I drew the distinction between interdependency and codependency, and, and there, there's, there's that healthy thing. Most of the time, interdependence is incredibly healthy. Codependency, the way we're describing it, is the unhealthy way where I'm working with you, but I'm working in a way to keep you sick and to keep me sick. And in the particular situation with this woman, the way she was responding to her husband at the time was keeping him sick and taking him into very bad places, and it was keeping her sick. And back to the pay me now or pay me later, there came a day on the pay me later that it all blew up in very, very grotesque proportions. So I can get by with a codependency relationship for a period of time and have the illusion that everything's good. But it will be an illusion because healthy is healthy and unhealthy is unhealthy, and there will be a payday. And it was interesting to see the, the hallelujah moment where she, it, it really hit her. I mean, she'd gotten out of the relationship, but uh, there was a special moment in the class that where what you said really came to light. I mean, she had a perception before and enough to act, but it it was like you'd set her free. Not, not that it was just, it was what you said that finally. It crystallized with that experience. The perception to act, you know, et cetera, actually, it accelerated to the point of bodily, to, physical damage to. Uh, to where it was so critical, and then it spilled over on kids. And, you know, and there was a point at which it accelerated to such a tragic level, there was no, no not seeing it. And that's what happens a lot of times. But my point was that there's a continuation on the healing. And, 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 and there needs to be, because I've seen uh, both men and women that were in abusive relationships like that go back into it after they've stepped out. And, and I think that that progress is, is a, a definite sign that God's at work in their life. And I, th I thought that was just wonderful. The first three segments, we talked about projection, we talked about uh, shotgunning, we talked about kitchen sinking, and those tend to be active things where mm -hmm. I inflict pain, I create pain. I really wanted this segment because passivity can inflict pain. It can create pain. It can create bad outcomes. I hope you've really enjoyed this program where we're talking about relationship killers and you're beginning to get a hold of some things to where you can step forward and get into better relationships. And one thing, again, we ask your help. We do believe that especially the Let It Go series that we'll be starting in a few weeks will be incredibly valuable to people. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, go to youtube.com slash livefreemen, that's M-I-N, or click the link on the screen if, if you're there. If you're on another format, we encourage you again just to like it, to comment, to pass it on. Help us reach more people. In doing so, we can all see lives touched together. Thank you for joining with us.
Video production, editing, and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 104.